Hello. Hey, sorry. You're all right. Technical lag there. Oh, that always How happens. How are you? I'm good. I'm all right. I'm good. <laughs> I can't guarantee my cat will not jump in the picture here. Oh, I hope your cat jumps in the picture. <laughs> he's like staring out. He's sitting on the counter, like ready to make his um, debut. I want to see the kitty kitty. I love kitty kitties. Oh, he's going the other way now. Oh, well. So how, how, how are you doing? In all I'm doing well. I'm getting a little stir crazy, but uh, moved in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah, you moved to the freaking beach. Oh, man. I know, oh, I know. Yeah, poor Janet. My heart is, <laughs> is breaking for you. I know. I it's beautiful. It's in, beautiful. I'm in Wichita, Kansas. Oh, I thought you were in Denver. I am, but I came here for two weeks because I was going crazy. And okay. I'll go there for 14 days. I'll go back to Denver. I won't go anywhere for 14 days. <laughs> um, oh, I've never I, been to Kansas. Why would you? I know. <laughs> There's some comedy, like if you're traveling through Wichita, sometimes they can be put together. Yeah. Kansas City, you know, but... I don't particularly want to be in Florida. I don't really like, I'm not really a beach person. I'm a mountain person, but if I had to pick somewhere to look at when I went to my backyard, um, that view would be one of them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I lucked out. They call it the redneck Riviera here in Panama city, but, um, I'm, I'm, I'm adjusting well. So, so are you, um, Sorry. It's okay. Are you familiar with what the nonprofit is exactly doing? I mean, besides... Um, just from what I read online. Yeah, we're the providing classes and stuff. That's cool. Yeah. That's the plan. Um, how long have you been doing comedy? Like, what's your origin story there? I, honestly, it's only been... It's been less than a year that I've officially been doing it. I always wrote, you know, as a child and... Um, as a teenager and a young adult that uh, grew up actually in Lakeland, Florida, where there's absolutely nothing. I'd say it's similar to Kansas. Mm -hmm. uh, and then when I relocated to Jacksonville, there was just so much, such a great scene and just kind of fell into it. And I took a writing course at Creative Veins and they really kind of helped me structure the writing of a joke and all that. And, um, just fell in love with it for the first time in my life. I was uh, not being judged for saying the things that I've always wanted to say. Um, yeah. It's very therapeutic, and I think I've grown as a, a better person overall. Uh, definitely more accepting of others and less judgmental on my own end as well. Yeah, yeah, it's. Um especially when you fall into a good scene where you feel like you have that sense of community. Um, yeah. Like you finally find not just your thing, which is comedy, but a right. community of other people that's their thing. And so right. it really validates a lot of things because you've been spending your whole life, uh, the bulk of the time amongst people who were not comedians, who were not your 
species. And uh, it's like you're an alien and the mothership finally came and found you. And you're like, yeah. oh, that's why I never fit in with you people. Right. I'm like, maybe I haven't been going too far my entire life. <laughs> so yes, there is a purpose for the way I think. Right. Absolutely. Funny. <laughs> it, it changes the way people treat you too. It's like when you say I'm a comedian, they, you, you immediately do have just more leeway in general. And people are like, Oh, Helen, yeah, she's a comedian. You know? Yeah. And, yeah. um, yeah, and, and people that don't know any better, you know, like your f normie friends or whatever from your hometown, mm -hmm. they see you post a picture of you on a show and they're like, she's making it. You know? I know. I know. I had, um, I used to wait tables at this little hole in the wall down there and they put a picture of me up on the wall. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. From a comedy show at least? Yeah, it's okay. me doing the comedy show, but I was like, okay. Oh. It's not just a random headshot of you on the wall. Like, right, right. Yeah. 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 But um, I think the most annoying part, though, is now every one of my cousins and uncles are calling me to tell me jokes. <laughs> like, do I need any help writing jokes? I'm like, I think I got it. I'm good. Well, I found that the most interesting part for me is um, because they've heard my comedy and I do go further on stage than I've normally gone in front of at family gatherings in front of my aunts right. and uncles, the elders, you know, the adults in my family have not heard me talk as sexual as I do on stage or go as far as I do on stage. So now they feel like I'm one of the adults and they can't tell me weird, gross things or <laughs> make those kinds of jokes. And I'm like, nah, 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 ah, la, la, la. I don't need to hear. And I don't need to hear how you like saggy balls and why. Um, I'm sorry you heard me talk about joke. I know my mom, like my dad's super supportive and like super proud. I send him every, every video. Um, he sends it out to everyone. My mom, she just prays for me. So <laughs> my mom's a mixture of those two. She prays for me. Um, yeah. My little brother's also a comedian. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, he's been doing it like six months longer than I have. So um, she comes to shows if they're at the comedy club. If they're an important show, like there's a contest, she'll come to those. Um, yeah. It's a fundraiser of any kind whether we're on it or not she'll come to those shows and support a fundraiser for somebody um but yeah she doesn't come she comes and watches us do comedy maybe once a year i i was on my brother's show a few months ago when i was in town and she came to that um yeah. but yeah she's i mean she's supportive but she's not like obnoxiously supportive but no. yeah and you know it's for her, it's not even our comedy. It's the other comedians. She doesn't want to hear, not that they're bad, but it's just not her kind of comedy, you know? Yeah. My Too much filth for one it. evening. She can't handle it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think um, I invited her out to the festival, but she said she just wouldn't feel comfortable doing that. So, yeah. what do you do? Uh, Festivals are a lot of comedy. Yeah, that, that's going to be too much. 
Yeah, you got to handle being in Colorado. <laughs> You're be a fan. That's a comedy fan that goes to those shows. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, that's a lot of comedy. But um, there's also going to be sketches and some improv. Not as much as I had wanted, but that's who submitted. There's one improv, yeah. two sketches. There's going to be a film. Um, so I want it to be more than just stand up. Yeah, I took an improv class, but it wasn't my my bag. No, I tried out for a thing, and yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind taking some classes just to exercise the other part of my brain, get more comfortable on stage, things like that. Yeah. But um, the comedy classes, the value of them beyond just joke structure or whatever is that I've seen um, for the class that they have in, in Denver, they're just teaching them so much of the business side of it or just, you know, what to expect at mics and giving them that kind of advice too. And so they're coming out of the class six months to a year ahead of where they would have been on their own, just for right. stage presence and how they hold the mic and putting the stand behind them and, you know, yeah. shake their hand, don't leave the stage empty. So they're not making all these little mistakes that you make when you first start, if no one tells you. And uh, so they immediately look more professional. Plus they're super funny. Um, they are talented. And so, and you know. Um, Is there a stigma out there though? Cause I know in Jacksonville, it was a little like, oh, they took a class. There is a little bit of a stigma and some of the comedians, uh, you know, talk shit in every scene. It's just, there's some that don't, you know, there's some that think you shouldn't, you shouldn't. But I think once they get out there and they show how funny they are, it's yeah. rotten. Um, from what I've seen, people that have gone through, but people do it for acting classes yeah, I know. For every other art form, no one cares if you right. take classes to get better at painting. No one cares if you take classes for any other art form. Why right. can you not take a class for comedy? It It's not about teaching someone to be funny. Right. You're teaching them the basics that yeah. no one else gets taught. But they I, I, I looked at my first open mic and I was like, oh my God, just to see how much I've progressed in less than a year. It's just unbelievable. Well, especially like when we're talking about women or people in the LGBTQIA community who are going to go to a mic and maybe be the only one of their kind there, you know, um, and it's probably in a bar they don't frequent or a location right. they don't frequent and they don't know anybody there. Um, it can be scary and intimidating yeah. for some people. And, um, everyone has their different path, man. It's an art form and everyone has their own path. And some people's path include classes and some people don't good for you. Um, but I don't think that it's, it's right to just be like, I suffered. So they got to suffer. Mm -hmm. Why? I don't want people to suffer. Like I give out advice freely to new comedians all the time. If I think they're funny. <laughs> now I've got like, I haven't really, so I've only been here in Panama City for a week, so I haven't been able to really, obviously everything's shut down, so I can't do any comedy open mics here, but I had my buddy in Jacksonville, and he would, he never understood exactly what you said. Like, as a woman, 
going to a bar at 10 o'clock at night by yourself and you're the only woman. It's like, it does something to your, your psyche. <laughs> you know, it, it takes kahunas as a woman, I think, to definitely get up there yeah. and do it. I know that I never really had a problem with it too much, but I was, I always had male friends. Um, I'm gender fluid. So I do have a part of me that is a dude, you know what I mean? Like maybe yeah. 50% is what I say, maybe 70, 30. But I've always like my best friend growing up was my cousin, Mike. I have brothers. I didn't really have a lot of females around when I was younger. I'd have like one best friend, but then all my other friends were dudes. And even in high school, when they would have guys night out, I went along and their girlfriends would get mad and they're like, Oh, Helen. No, she don't count. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, and I do like women too. So I have, you know, it's not, I don't have a problem walking into a place full of dudes. I'm actually less intimidated by a room full of men than I am a room full of women. It's awesome. Um, but that's because I want the women to like me and I don't give a shit if the men like me or not. <laughs> so, that's yeah. awesome. Good for you. Yeah. I prefer, I prefer the company of female comedians yeah. <laughs> over male comedians for the most part as a whole. Yeah. Um, I'd say the percentage of male comedians that I do enjoy their company is very small and the percentage of female comedians that I don't enjoy their company is very small. And even if I don't enjoy the female comedians company on a friend level, they're funny. I like to work with them. You know, I don't have a problem having them on my show or being on their show. I'm just not going to hang out with them outside of comedy, but I still, they're still like a work buddy or whatever. You know what I mean? They're yeah. still a uh, coworker. And I like right. him and I want to work with him. Whereas most of the males I have no interest in really working with. <laughs> and so I've how, many, lots of um, how many participants are in the festival this year? Um, that confirmed, I think it's like 60. It's four days. So. That's I had, awesome. I had 30 here in two days. Okay. If the festival gets to happen, I'm still I have, I, I haven't officially heard the news from the mayor's office, so I'm waiting to hear the official news from the mayor's office, but it shouldn't be much longer, but the unofficial word that I got from a pretty reliable source uh, said that they're going to, from June 1st to Labor Day, um, best case scenario, they're limiting it to 50 or less, and they don't even know, but they don't know if that means bars and restaurants will be open, but you know, like people can have weddings with 50% or they could have parties or something like that. Um, so pretty much it's, it's probably shut down for the summer. And then I was like, well, maybe I'll postpone it till September. And then, but we're supposed to have a resurgence in the fall. So it's like, do okay. I postpone it and go through all that rigmarole to hope that maybe it happens or do I just cancel it and then be like next year I already have, you know, yeah, everyone lined up. Have I, know I, have, lined up. I have a client because I do advertising sales. I have a client, the Florida Cedar, and I had a meeting with them today, and they said they're not scheduling anything before September. They're not even planning on attempting to reopen. So I was like, ah. Oh. Yeah, I know. And it's like, that's another factor. I have to, it's at the Bug Theater. Um, yeah. Just because Denver opens up doesn't mean the Bug Theater is going to open up their theater. 
So there's, right. it, it'd probably be best just to cancel it until next year, but I have just this little glimmer of hope. Yeah. Um, I'm, Thank you. <laughs> a decision will have to be made on June 1st is when I'm going to make the decision. Okay. You know, uh, I hate waiting another month, but I hate to cancel it all and then things be okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to wait till June 1st is when I'm officially going to, and until then I'm, I'm, I'm moving forward as if it's happening, um, which isn't really doing anything. I, I need to make, I need to make, uh, some, the images and whatnot for it, but, uh, I already have last year. So it's just a matter of plugging them in there. It's not really that hard. Um, it took a lot more time last year to make all the graphics, but yeah, that part's done. Um, there's already Facebook events. There's already Eventbrite events. There's everything, the website. I need to change the name of the bar for the opening night because it's not called uh, Rocksteady anymore. It's called Rocksteady. It's owned by some comedians. Oh, awesome. You know, I was thinking like worst case scenario, well, this wouldn't really do you any good. Um, <laughs> Can't wait to hear it. <laughs> well, most of it, I'd say, I'd say 40 of the 60 or at least are Denver comedians or Colorado comedians that live in a fairly close area. Mm-hmm. So parring it down to three days and just maybe having it at the bar only and then limiting it, limiting it to 50 people. Um, including the performers. Yeah. With just local people. So the performers couldn't all be in there on every night. Right. Um, but yeah, just pairing it, parring it way, way down, which would leave all my out of town comedians. Yeah. Out. Um, if there's that many, I mean, it would really be like what, how many comedians feel comfortable coming, you know, there'd be a lot of factors right in, in it. Um, that's you know another option but i i'm just trying to wait till june 1st to make an official decision on what i'm going to do with it no understood more information either way it's been a hell of a experience so i'm excited either way i'm going to have it next year you know during the complete end of the world (laughs) and anybody that's already submitted that was on it this year obviously is going to be on it next year you know what i mean it's if they don't get to be on it this year. Oh, there's my cat. There's the kitty. Oh, my friend that I'm staying with has a cat with stripes like that. But it's oh, a kitten and it's, it was outside, it was feral, and it's just getting adjusted to being an indoor, an actual. Oh. He is um, a personality. I always say he came from the streets and his mother was a whore. So. big boy. I am at, I'm leaving my dog here with my kids because he was, I had two dogs since this whole thing. One dog died in August and. Oh, I'm sorry. It's all right. But the other one, the one that died was like my dog. I would never not be without her. The other one was my ex-husband's dog that we got together, but he ended up not being able to keep him. So he ended up back with me. And then he was with my kids. Um. And then when Leia died and I got settled into an apartment and stuff in Denver, I brought him back, but 
I'm probably gonna have to get a day job. I don't know what to do with him all day. And he's been acting weird and throwing up and humping my leg and just not being himself. He needs other animals to love. He can't be yeah. left alone. He, he needs another animal. Um, and there he has other dogs that cuddle with him. He's got a cat that loves him and he cuddles and licks her ears. And, and he also likes men better than women. So he's got my son, he's got my ex-husband, you know, He's so much happier there. So um, it's going to suck for me to be all alone when I go back to Denver, but yeah, it's what. How many kids do you have? I have four children. Whoa. Yeah. You didn't learn your lesson after number one? <laughs> I wanted a boy. I wanted lots of kids. I like um, They're 23, 21, 19, and 18 now. So. Oh, so you're done. So I've got one. Yeah. He's 18. So I'm like, I'm free at last. Yeah. Yeah, I'm free. They're with their, their, their father is contributing something at least finally and kind of finishing them out. <laughs> I did. I'm still waiting for my son's father to contribute. So he's always contributed financially because I forced him to be yeah. in the system. Um, yeah. Like he gave it voluntarily, but he never did. And so, yeah, we were half and half when we got divorced. And he chose to have him every other weekend and pay child support. That is not what I wanted. Um, but his new cunt wife, this obviously isn't going into the, Oh, by the way, yeah, whatever I don't use, like, I think we already got all the art of female okay. But whatever I don't use, if you don't mind, I'm, I'm just, I just throw the complete unedited version up onto the Fat Lonely Bitch podcast. Um, yeah, cool. So, you know, going forward, anything that's said, I'm, I'm not editing it. <laughs> you're good because i'm editing i'm spending a lot of time editing the art of comedy ones that's why i was trying mm -hmm. like i got kind of the conversation out that i needed to get out for the because the podcast yeah. for art of comedy only needs to be about 10 15 minutes you okay. don't want it too long it's more about right. content for the site it's about having stories out there to prove that because i don't have any students to say look how effective this is give me money you know yeah <laughs> yet so i have to be like see these all these female comedians are talking about how much it's helping them. This is like my data, essentially, yeah. to prove the use of my nonprofit, um, yeah. which we did. <laughs> what was I saying? We were talking about your um, ex's cunt wife. Oh, yes. And so <laughs> they were together for like 10 years, um, and he always chose her and her kids over them. Uh. And then he left her. She was an old woman. She was 17 years older than me. Wow. So she's now like 60. No, 70. What? Oh my goodness gracious. No, 42 plus 17 is 49. I, she's I went 60. to public school. I have no idea. She's like 60. Okay, that makes sense. Okay. Um, you know, and he's only a couple years older than me, so it was gross. And um, Did she have money or something? <sighs> I don't know. Not really. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. He's can't be alone and he's a fucking weak man. And he finally, he, he has admitted it, um, that he can't take care of himself and he can't be alone. He straight up has said that. Oh, man. <laughs> Sounds amazing. Yeah, it was great. We weren't together very long, long enough to spit out a couple kids and then that was it. And so he, yeah. um, He's only the father of the younger two. Yeah. 
So I never wanted him. I wanted him to be their dad just because I didn't want to be married to him. I, I never kept him from seeing his kids. I tried to get him involved. And <clears throat> they eventually got to an age where they decided they didn't want to go over there anymore. And I wasn't going to force him. And he didn't force him. And so they just didn't see him hardly at all for a while. And then we moved to Denver for a couple years and um, came back. And he immediately wanted to do the half and half. Oh, he left the old bitch for a younger woman who was pretty but insane um we call her the whore there's the cunt there's the whore um then there's the dumb bitch and so the whore um when i met her i was like this is not gonna last she is way too good looking um but she was insane just fucking insane and just a just a real whore and um her poor kids like she kicked out her children's father and a week later moved ben in and then that's solid parenting right there and then moved him out and immediately moved a different man in oh maybe, man. maybe six months later but she was a good christian woman and um, she had parents that just supported her and spoiled her and she was younger she was I hate bitches. She was like 10 years younger than we were. But then he picked his kids over her too. He actually tricked them into, um, like he was going to pick them up. He had moved out. They broke up. And then he just drove over to her house and all their stuff was there set up again. Oh my like, God. And so my younger child called me would refuse to go inside and call me because every time he'd go over they they stopped going there because every time he'd go over there they'd get in a fight and i'd have to come pick them up and so they didn't want to go over there anymore um and so my son called me and was like it was like halloween or like we were i was at a halloween party and thankfully i just opened my first beer and wasn't drunk and so i went and um picked him up and i was like they're not coming back over here yeah, and he had taken me to court trying to get him back half and half. Yeah. And he got a lawyer, so I got a lawyer. And um, we go in there and to talk with our lawyers in a private room. And the girlfriend tried to walk in there. And my lawyer was like, you don't need to be in here. There's nothing to do with you. And yeah. so she didn't get to go in there and she was pissed. And then we went in there to do some mediation bullshit. And I was like... They kept trying to say things back and forth. And I stopped it all and said, look, I don't want to waste any more time here. I will never, ever under any circumstances agree to give him back half custody. Not ever now, never. And uh, they were like, okay, well, let me talk with my client. And we go out and my lawyer's like, yeah, they're uh, having a come to Jesus moment with him right now because courts don't like half and half, even when the parents agree. So yeah there's no way and so then he dropped it <laughs> he just didn't want to pay child support again yeah the lengths they will go to to avoid that it's just ridiculous because I, I got pregnant i was 18 and i'm not under the best circumstances i was having a good time and got caught yeah um, but god i got knocked up by the village idiot holy shit he <laughs> He went and had lunch with my son at school when he was like in second grade and cashed out his lunch account. He stole his son's lunch money. God. Yeah. yeah. I got a notice from the principal. Um, you know, they send you like the color, 
like and give them the cheese sandwiches. I don't know if yeah. they do that in Colorado, but that's what they do in Florida. And Kayla and I was like, I just put 50 bucks in there. What the hell are you talking about? And like, no, his father had lunch with him and withdrew the money. And I'm like, what is wrong with you people, first of all, that you allow that to happen? So he's just, I mean, I'm so grateful Kayla's 18 and oh, this is going to sound awful, but I'm kind of grateful there's no graduation ceremony because I never have to see this man again in my life. Right. Um, my older son has got a soft heart and he won't, you know, he loves his dad and, um, he, but my younger kid doesn't even want to be living with him now, but he has to, but it really motivated him because he was a lazy little shit and it motivated him to want to do something after high school and make money and, um, be able to support himself. But, uh, yeah. So what was I going to say? I don't remember. Oh, he had one kid. He had my older boy and I had my younger child. Um, cause my younger child's, uh, non-binary and they, they want to go by they, them, which is harder for me to do. They changed their name to Alex and that was a big thing. He, he wouldn't call Alex, Alex, and he would purposely call him by his other name when he'd get mad at him. And his, his new girlfriend, the stupid bitch, um, after the dumb whore, uh, there was, she messaged me. They've been together maybe eight months. They were living together already, obviously. And, um, she messaged me to tell me her opinion on my child changing their name and God, and, um, her, her biblical stance on uh-huh. gays, um, essentially not an, she wasn't hateful about it, you know, but I don't give a shit. And I, I mean, I don't care. Um, I'm, I respond. I, I had no reason to sugarcoat anything to say what I wanted to say to this woman. So I just let her have it. And I was like, who the fuck are you? I was like, you are nobody. Just so you know, you aren't going to be around in two or three years. You're nobody to my children and you never will be. And your opinion means nothing to any of us. So why don't you just keep it to yourself? Why don't you worry about your own child and their behavior and maybe how, you know, get your own kids straight before you start worrying about my kid. Um, cause her kids were awful. And yeah, she's not around now. She's gone. <laughs> you should so, message her back. See, I told you. <laughs> yeah. She left him for another man. Oh, well. But yeah, he, uh, I don't blame her, but still stay out of my business. So my younger kid never really liked living with him anyway. And he kind of gave up on when he was nine because he used to say he was going to come get him and then not show up. And yeah, yeah, he hasn't cared for a long time. So, but he had one kid and I had one kid, so there was no child support. And then one day I wake up to my older son in my living room crying and he was like 16 because him and his dad got in a fight over some stupid shit. And they were in the truck and he just dropped my kid off with none of his stuff in the, in, at my house. And I woke up to it and I was like, I was, I still had his room. We had plenty of space. I was like, no problem, buddy. You'll just come back and live with me. It's cool. I don't, I don't not want you. It's fine. You wanted to go try living with your dad and you did, and you, you know? And, um, so I called up my ex-husband and I was like, Hey, it's cool. I'll take Caleb back. It's no problem. Um, oh, you know, yeah, Caleb, 
from the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> religious. I was like, I'll go file. I'll go file on Monday to get the child support started again. It's no problem. And he was like, oh, wait, child support. <laughs> I was like, I'm not sending Caleb back over there. Yeah. If he didn't want to go back over there. If he wanted to, I would. he could go back over there. He's old enough to make his own decision, but he doesn't want to go back over there. So I'm going to come get his stuff tomorrow. It's no big deal. And I'll, I'll go on Monday and get the child support started back up. And he was just like, tried to get out of it. It was too late. Oh, nice. Well, I'm glad I only have the one though. One baby daddy. If and I, I never have to talk to him again. If my first one had been a boy, I would have had one. Yeah. Um, I got pregnant with her on purpose. Unbeknownst to the father. <laughs> when I was 18. Oh, it seemed like a great idea. <laughs> I didn't even care about the dad. I was going to go down to Texas and not tell anybody I was pregnant and just wait until I had to got settled down there and then tell everybody. And, um, which would have been worked for a long time because I didn't get very big with my first one. Yeah. Um, cause I knew I was going to be single again and I needed to stay thin. <laughs> I just craved healthy food with her. I just craved healthy food. I got lucky. I craved plums, oh my God. turkey sandwiches, and I just craved healthy stuff. And so I actually lost weight. I looked better after I had her than before I had her. It was great. Oh God, I look better nine months pregnant than I do now. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. What happened? I got 18 years of baby weight. Yeah, that's, that's what I keep saying too. <laughs> I had four kids in five years though. Holy mother of God. But if she had been a boy though, all I wanted was I wanted a one little boy. I wanted to be like a single mom of one little boy. It was going to be my little man. And then I had a girl. She ruined everything. I don't even know what she's done to me as an adult. She paid me back. I had, I had her so I would always have someone to love me. And she's the one that I don't really contact or talk to. So, oh, yeah, so that really backfired for me. Um, yeah, I needed mental health, not a baby, but no one knew that. <laughs> I didn't recognize that and nobody else knew. Unfortunately, they don't make mental health very easy to access. They're getting better at it. But. Uh, it never crossed my mind that what I, my thinking was crazy or that I it seemed logical to me. I remember it not seeming like a crazy plan. And he was a, I picked a real asshole that I thought wouldn't care. And then when I told him that I was pregnant, he revealed to me that he had just had a baby six weeks before with another woman in Virginia. I was yeah. not aware of that. Um, of course, tried to get me to have an abortion, which, okay, in my defense, the first time we had sex before, like I stopped the insertion because he wasn't using condom to tell him, if you get me pregnant, I'm not having an abortion. I will have the baby. And he had sex with me anyway. Yeah. No. Um, that's kind of crazy. If nothing else, that's a revealing of my insanity. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, yeah. And so he... Um, then I was like, you know, I wasn't even going to tell him, but my cousin and my best friend were like, you have to tell him, otherwise you're going to be the asshole. When this kid grows up and he doesn't have a father and he finds out the truth because you'll tell him, 
he's going to, you know, you'll be the asshole. So if you tell him and he walks away, what can you do about it? And, uh, I really thought he would, I was like, you know, you think about it for a week and let me know. I don't want anything from you. Just sign away your rights. I, I don't want anything from you. I just want my baby. And, uh, two days later, he's like, I can't do that. My dad abandoned me. Shit. <laughs> yes, I got to try to make this work with this dude. And then we had another kid and it was a girl and I cried. Oh, I was like, I'm going to have to have more if I want yeah. fun. Yeah. Well, my son, I'm five foot 11. My son's father, six foot seven. Oh, Jesus. I just remember praying like, God, don't give me a girl. <laughs> so I lucked out, got the boy. He's six five already. Yeah, WNBA star there. If it was a girl, yeah. Yeah. He basketball. He plays basketball, but um, he plays bench very well. <laughs> so he's just he. Um, us fortunes are not known for our athletic agility. Yeah, yeah. Because well, yeah, that's the first thing people are going to ask him. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he gets out there and does it, but, um, is he, I don't know how to ask this delicately. Is he, is he all white? Is he mixed? Yeah. He's no, he's, he's white. It won't be as bad. Only one of my friends who had an all white baby, but, um, yeah, if he was like half African American or something. Yeah. He'd be a lot better. Well, and people would assume he plays basketball even if he doesn't. Yeah. Well, if he got that plus your, your inability to be athletic from you. <laughs> like, no, I don't play basketball. Quit. That's a racial stereotype and a height stereotype. I am sick of it. would drive him in nuts. Yeah. Cause I know oh, all black guys that don't play basketball and it drives them nuts. Yeah. Well, people ask me too. And I'm like, no, I'm yeah. too busy getting high and giving hand jobs under the bleachers. You know? <laughs> So I had priorities back then. I was getting high and having actual sex. So oh, I was geez. getting something out of it. Yeah. I knew a lot of girls. I was a good Christian girl up until I got knocked out. So I knew a lot of girls that gave a lot of blowjobs to preserve their virginity. Yeah. And oh. it was right after Clinton had basically said that blowjobs weren't sex. So the things we do. The 90s were a lot of blowjobs in the 90s. Yeah. Uh, kids were just sucking each other off at parties. Uh, it was a game. <laughs> Not my parties, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. The lipstick game. <laughs> the lipstick game went on for a long time. <laughs> um, but that was started in the 90s. Yeah. Awesome. But, uh, yeah, uh but I, the kid there, I lived in Wichita. There wasn't else, nothing else to do. That's how it was back in Lakeland too. Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Get high. My parents grew up in a small town in New Hampshire. They were the same way. So. They just got high and had sex? Yeah. <laughs> My parents None. waited till marriage. <laughs> they got married when they were 17 and 19, but they waited. Oh. They really did. Wow. That's crazy. My mom's never even kissed anybody but my dad. That's just insane. Are they still together? Um, he died, but yeah, they were. Oh, you're right. Wow. He died like nine years ago. Well, eight years wow. ago, but yeah, yeah, they were together. They'd still be together if he were alive. I mean, 
they had it, and I thought it would happen to me too. Amen. Yeah. Apparently, it's just not in the deck. They don't, yeah. Yeah, my parent, my grandparents had it too. They were married young and stayed together until my grandpa died. And my grandparents hated each other, though. Oh no, they loved each other. Oh my God, my grandparents were awful. My parents are like the Costanzas, but you know, they're they. There's still something there. I think like arguing is there foreplay or something. I don't know. I really don't want to know. <laughs> I know that my parents still had, I mean, the last six months were rough when my dad was sick and stuff and there was a lot there, but up until that point, until he got really, really sick, there was still the spark. Yeah. Um, they, you could still see it when they looked at each other, that they really did love each other and good for them, you know? I, yeah. I, I just have come to terms with the fact that I'm going to die alone with 18 cats, but that's fine. As long as I got comedy, I don't give a shit. Anyway. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> it's the true love of my life. Oh, yeah. Um, now that my kids yeah. are grown, it's all I got. Yeah. Now I'm yeah. Right now. I'm being kept from the love of my life. Do you understand? And we yeah, were it's, I try to do one of the, the Zoom comedy shows, and it didn't go over too well, but... The show was really good that I did, but I just got stoned. And I, I guess when I did it, I did like, I've been to, one was a comedy, one was like a game show. I didn't take it as seriously, but the, I did like 20 minutes on a Zoom show. I was featured and um, I did end up, I did just kind of babble or say funny stuff when I was high um, and stories I haven't really ever told, but I did do, I did work into some actual material. Um, yeah too but it was really fun while I was doing it but it it didn't have the same lasting satisfaction yeah there's nothing better when you get off stage and it's yeah. just like feel so alive and invigorated like it's just pure adrenaline yeah I told a comedian that I was talking to before you that I um it's like casual sex you know at the time it feels really good and you're like into it and you liked it but then like afterwards you're like kind of feel more hollow and empty than before you know you're like, <laughs> that's a very good analogy yeah it was real fun while I was doing it but now I'm like <laughs> I really just want someone to love me you know <laughs> but <laughs> I'm trying to stay it just depends it's a it's a roller coaster of emotions sometimes I'm fine and sometimes I'm like I can't take this anymore yeah, I know. Like, pick like a, a hobby that's more bipolar than I am. So, <laughs> yeah. Like, well, I mean, yeah, I'm really procrastinating on editing the art of comedy videos. I have things I could be doing that are constructive, but then I just watch TV. Um, yeah, I. Play I think I've watched everything on Netflix. I've watched every true crime show, documentary, docu-series type thing almost on Hulu that I have any interest in watching on Hulu and Netflix. I've watched all of the historical documentaries. I pretty much watched every single documentary on Netflix that I have any interest in really watching. Um, I've re-watched shows 
Yeah, I, I don't know what else to do. I've tried. I don't know what the weather is like for y'all, but it's been pretty nice here. So I'm just well, trying to you're still get more active and walk and shit. But you're still working, right? Yeah, but working from home, I can't really see clients. And um, I've lost a lot of clients during this because their businesses are closed. Where are they going to yeah. advertise? You know? That's so they basically have given us a shit ton of bitch work. Like we have to go do like two hour trainings a day and then they give us homework. But I mean, I'm grateful to still be working, but I didn't get into media sales to sit behind a computer in my living room. You know? Yeah. I don't, for me, yeah. Working is not even about money. I just want to be kept busy. I had a job for four days, but I got fired. Oh man. <laughs> Stupid thing. But, um, yeah, the first three weeks, of this I had a breakup it wasn't that long of a relationship but still and, and then I got a job and I got fired from the job um, there's been a lot, a lot happened a, a comedy got taken away then I had a breakup then I got a job then I lost the job and then I just lost my shit for like a week just really <laughs> lost it uh, that though and just feel it all and then just you're better come out the better other side better yes that's how i am i like I'm, push it away for as long as i can but then eventually i have to process it and let it out but i don't i don't i let it build up before, and then i process all that at once and then i'm i'm fine i don't process everything that happens as it happens i'm like no everything's fine still we're good i'm like buckets of water out of it we're not we're fine i can keep this up can keep yeah. this up. we're not gonna drown and then finally i can't keep up the buckets of water too much water comes in and i drown for a minute uh, see if i do that i'll have a panic attack like if i don't acknowledge that there's a riff then i'm like can't breathe freaking out so yeah i have um i have gotten to where I am trying to trust the universe. That's how I ended up in Denver living in my SUV. I was like, I'm just going to go and I'm going to trust that the universe will provide. And it was working pretty well for a while. Um, but you know, we're obviously all in this in different ways. We're not all in this in the same situation exactly. But yeah, I know that I'm not alone. It's not like I'm the only one whose life is sucking and I'm just watching all my friends have these amazing lives while mine shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'll stop posting beach pictures, okay? Um, I'm glad. I'm happy for you. Just <laughs> I think it's a really shitty human trait to... to be jealous of somebody that you call a friend or that hasn't done like I'm not jealous of people that I don't like when they get success I'm just right. you know it's not that I'm jealous of it because I think I deserve it I just don't think they deserve it I understand yeah I've seen a lot of comedians get into festivals that I didn't submit to or something like that or on a show and other comedians not get accepted and I'm just like I'm not saying I should have got accepted, but, but I'm should. saying you should have got accepted over that person. You know what I mean? And so it's not like a yeah. jealousy. And usually it's because somebody is an asshole off a of stage. It has nothing to do with their comedy. Right. I'm like, you guys are just as funny 
but you're a nice person, you know, so. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. <sighs> so I think we can go ahead and end it there. I think that's good. All right, cool. Well, this was fun. It's nice to meet you. It's nice to meet you too. And hopefully, and hopefully we get to see each other in person. Fingers crossed. If not, someday, eventually, for sure, we will. Yeah. I just know it. We're going to trust, <laughs> trust, trust in the universe. Trust in the universe. Trusting <laughs> the universe. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Thanks right. so much, Helen. All right. All right. Bye. Bye.